today on CityCast Salt Lake. Lots of news in our city this week. Local news enthusiast Shireen Gorbani is here to help me round up what you might have missed and try to make some sense of it. It's Friday, June 3rd, 2022. I'm Allie Vyarten. This is CityCast Salt Lake. Shireen, welcome back to CityCast Salt Lake. Oh, happy to be with you. And I hope all the listeners are doing well, too. Yeah. Um, I want us to talk about some of the news that folks might have missed this week as they were making plans for the weekend and also recovering from a long weekend. I certainly had what we could call a slow start to this week. Um, I had a meeting on like at nine o'clock on Tuesday morning that got canceled Ugh. and it was like a nine to 11 situation. Yeah. And, and to the person who canceled that, thank you with my whole heart. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. That's public service. <laughs> um. So let's start with what I think is one of the biggest stories in our community right now. And this actually broke on or was published last Friday, headed into a long weekend, which is just, I mean, things get buried on the Friday before a long weekend. And so um, let's talk about it. And that is that we got a new ruling on the police shooting and murder of Zane James, a 19-year-old from Cottonwood Heights, who um, in 2018 was um, basically, well... Let's start from the beginning. So I would say this is sort of the like 60 second version of what happened, which is that Zane was um, someone had robbed a convenience store in Sandy with an airsoft gun and police saw Zane riding his bike and he looked like the person that they had identified as a suspect. Yeah. And um, of course, he was killed. And so it never went to trial. And so we don't know for sure if he was guilty. A police officer hit Zane with his car, causing him to fall off of his bike and then shot him twice and killed him. Yeah. And the ruling immediately after from the Salt Lake County DA's office was that that was a justified use of force. Correct. And since then. That was the ruling. Yeah. That was the ruling. Since then. His parents, Aaron and Tiffany James, have been absolutely relentless in their pursuit of justice for their son. And one of the things they did is they sued the Cottonwood Heights Police Department for basically some internal police records, Garrity statements. So some statements given by fellow officers about the incident because they are a public record. And with that information... And shout out to the Salt Lake Tribune that was also really helpful in in publishing this information and pursuing this this story. Um, The DA's office was able to basically confirm that the officer had hit Zane with his car, which before they didn't have any evidence of. And with that information, last Friday ruled that the police officer in shooting Zane James to kill him was not justified in his use of force. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think this is, I, I mean, there's so many pieces of this, but you, you just said it and I have to say it again, that the Jameses have been r- relentless in continuing to to push and got this case reopened. And they did it through just persistent and just tireless activism on behalf of their son. And I, I just have so much respect for them to just continue this fight, which has to be 
so incredibly painful every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you also think about how many people across this country and across the city have lost their children or their friends or their siblings to violence of police and do not have necessarily the resources to get into a lawsuit or even the the know-how or the or the legal team necessarily like to have to go through a contentious lawsuit to get this record to prove the thing you know already beyond a reasonable doubt is just not right. That's really upsetting. And I have to say, um, you know, Tiffany came back on my radar this last year when we had a bill in the legislature that would basically restrict public access to these Garrity statements that you that you mentioned that were so Mm -hmm. critical in this. She wrote this incredible um, op-ed to the Salt Lake Tribune Mm -hmm. where she really talks about, you know, how basically the public deserves has a right to know the truth about police shootings. And they and they have the you know right to know what, what is happening in these conversations. In what I think is one of the most disappointing votes uh, this this last year that really just did not get enough attention was to see the vast majority, I, I believe, uh, representatives uh, Hollins and Romero, I think we're the only two people who voted against this. I mean, there may be one more, um, but um, this basically had full support. And when you think about what this mm-hmm. meant for getting some getting some resolution or seeing this case differently. I cannot believe that that law was passed, but um, thinking about that family and, and grateful for for their work and activism. Yeah. The thing that was so interesting to me about the passage of that law, which to be clear, like basically means that if this happens again and if we were to repeat this process and the James family had sued for those records, they would not be able to access them without a judge saying they have a right to. And we know that We know a lot of things that can make that really difficult, but almost every media organization, in fact, I think every media organization, including KSL, like the heavy hitter legacy media outlets, they all came out in opposition to the passage of that bill. They all wrote op-eds saying, if you remove public access to these Garrity interviews, you will remove our capacity to report transparently and to bring people more swiftly to justice who are public servants that do their job poorly or dangerously. And it was a really upsetting, it was a really, I think, upsetting vote. And I did see some people talking about it, but yeah, it it passed. I think I think also like one of the things that happened is that the bill actually had quite a bit of democratic support down the line. And when that's the case, people assume that if the super minority party is supportive, that they don't need to be up in arms about something. And that's just simply not true. That's right. We got to watch everyone. Yeah. And contact people and let them know that you're upset about it. Yeah, that's right. Um, On that note, I do want to just quickly mention something that is somewhat related. We saw this week a $21 million budget increase to the Salt Lake City PD. Um, Basically, those are raises. There'll be a 30% pay increase for entry-level officers and a 12% increase for senior-level officers. Um, We're seeing police budgets getting bigger in a lot of places in our state. And it feels so contradictory to what I think a lot of people feel we need in terms of resources for public safety. Um, I just think it's important that people have the information that that's happening. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I think this is a real opportunity for us to talk about what safety is, right? So real safety is when people have dignified job that provides things like economic security, um, access mm -hmm. to opportunities, resources. We know that safer communities are ones where there are more resources. It's statistically true that there is less violence when people have the resources that they need to survive. In this country, we spend over $115 billion on policing alone. And it's just, um, I think it's out of balance with what it actually takes to create a safe community that invests in mental health, that invests in schools and libraries, that invests in after-school programs, right? Um, mm -hmm. Salt Lake City actually does a lot of this compared to other communities um, in terms of building real right. safety. And I think often, you know, there's a lot of, I think, fair criticism um, when we see these kinds of increases in the budget. But I do think it's important to really look at, so yes, we're talking about raises, People were all experiencing inflation. We are all experiencing a rising cost of, you know, living. I just read this morning that I think 70% of Utahns are priced out of the housing market right now. And, and that is, um, that's a reality that we live with. People deserve to be paid, you know, well for, for the jobs that they do. Um, but mm -hmm. are we diversifying the, the kinds of roles that are in our public safety programs? And my understanding is that this part of this budget is that. So increasing social workers that are going to be in that space. Um, but I think that, you know, I would really love to hear a stronger argument overall from our city on what real safety mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that is in this budget is increasing a civilian police force. So this is a recommendation of the Commission for Equity and Policing, which is basically like, you know, dispatching people that are not sworn officers to respond to things like maybe a break in or or whatever. Um, and that is a part of this. And there is optimism but uh, about that program. But that optimism is coming from within the department. And so I think a lot of people just find that inherently they're just inherently skeptical about right. that. Right? right. I do find that I, I, this is a complex problem, right? Because I, we're the most heavily armed. We have more guns than people in this country. Right. We're sending civilians yeah. out on, like, there are so many pieces of this that are confusing to me. Um, I hope that we're able to find some solutions that, like I said, really actually reinforce an infrastructure of safety and that that mm -hmm. exists beyond policing. Mm -hmm. I also just quickly want to point to this because you served on the county council. You're very familiar with with, you know, what the county does versus what the city does in this place. And when we talk about contacting your representatives or contacting your electeds around policing, the county budget for public safety is it's enormous. enormous. It is the vast majority of the very large. Um, when I was there, I think it was $1.5 billion budget for Salt Lake County. Um, at the time, I believe it was over 80% of that really was public safety. And that that's thinking about our courts. That's th that's many things because a lot more happens, obviously, at the county level. Um, right. We have unified police, which is separate that serves, you know, big parts of the county. But there's a lot of overlap. And when we're thinking about things like the jail, criminal justice services, uh, the crim criminal legal system more broadly, like all of that, mm -hmm. um, a lot of those resources are coming from the county. So when you're thinking about where you would like to see your dollars, your tax dollars spent. The county is an important place to lobby when we think about things like mm -hmm. increasing green space, after school programming, um, you know, adult services, um, aging and adult services. Right. All of that is happening at the county. Right. And our DA's office yes. is at yeah. the county. DA Simgill does not work for Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. Nope. He works for the county. Uh, yeah. And so I yeah. think it's important to keep in mind. Okay, let's move on to another thing that happened this week, which is 
families are suing the state about HB 11, the bill that does not allow for their trans children to play on the sports teams that align with their identity. Happy Happy Pride. Happy Pride. We're taking you to court. That's right. How do you think it's going to go? You know, I don't know, but it's hard for me to believe that this isn't discrimination. So we'll see. Um, But cheers to cheers to equality. Cheers to all of the families that are, you know, moving forward with this. I'm sure it's, you know, a bunch of kids who just want to live their lives. In fact, it's probably just a small handful, if not just one or two um, kids that just want to live their lives. And to think about, you know, really that this is this was a bill that was, uh, you know, in search of a problem. This is not Mm -hmm. a problem. And in fact, what we know, I think there was reporting in the trip that said this was about one. This came down to one kid. Um, that's mm-hmm. cruel. And I, I'm yeah. hoping that they absolutely get that they win, that the kids win. Yeah, same. And I'm very sorry that they have to spend part of their summer in a courtroom yeah. because was, exactly. they should just be playing sports. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it could be years. All right. What else? What else this week? Salt Lake County. We got moved up to medium COVID risk. That feels right. I don't know if you're experiencing this. It seems like everyone's getting COVID again. (laughs) I will say the thing that I'm hearing from a lot of people is I'm seeing a lot of my friends who haven't had it yet get it. Like, it feels like the people that have made it this far without getting this, without getting COVID, be it because they have the privilege of working at home or they just have been extra cautious, they're the ones that I feel like are dropping like flies right now. Um, And so just important to remember that even though you might not be terrified of getting it because you're vaccinated and you know that your symptoms are going to be mild, there are still there are many people in this community who are terrified of yeah. getting it and um, it could do them very, very serious yeah. harm. And so mask, mask up. up, mask up. If you're inside, get your booster, um, just be cautious. And and like if someone around you is wearing a mask, I feel like everyone who listens to the show does not do this, but it's worth saying like. Just let them yeah. like like follow the vibe. Like if you walk into a room and the majority of people are in a mask, just put your mask yeah. on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think that's right. I have to say, I to my knowledge, I've not had it yet, but I feel like any minute. Same. To my knowledge, I've not had it yet either. And I'm taking tests. And Same. also with the rise in Salt Lake County, I just think it's worth noting you can order for more tests from the federal yep. government. That site is back up and running and they're shipping tests out again. So if you want to stock up on some now ahead of a busy weekend of being out and about or whatever, like you can go online and order those and they should be in your mailbox very, very it happened soon. happened to me. They came quickly. Yeah, I ordered some for my mom. She was like, did you? <laughs> I didn't order these. I freak her out in the mail all the time. I'm like, here's some mail. <laughs> Okay, Shireen, I would like to just share something that's really been on my mind this week with you. And I feel like you're going to feel the same, which is fuck the avenues. (laughs) Okay, I feel attacked. Keep going. What's the issue? (laughs) Okay, I feel like because you are a public figure, I don't want to dox you. But like, (laughs) well, I've said before, I, I, I do live in the I'm in the lower abs. Yes. So am I. So am I. And I just want to say to my neighbors who have signs in their yard saying that, you know, Black Lives Matter next to basically op-eds they're writing that are like, save our parking. Um, 
No, yes, you have to stop. You have to stop. You have to stop. And I don't want to like give a ton of credence to this. What I believe is like a really, really squeaky wheel, like specific minority of people in the avenues that are opposed to basically everything. Um, But I do want to say like, this is my understanding of this neighborhood. We are downtown. This is a downtown Salt Lake neighborhood. If you don't want to live in downtown in the biggest city in the state, you should move to Harriman. Like you should move. I don't know, maybe to Tory. Like, I just don't understand being seven blocks from downtown and being like, no more buses. We can't have that. Yeah. So this was an incredibly wild um, recent op-ed, um, right? Mm-hmm. Letter to the editor submitted um, yeah. that said uh, there's a proposed plan to increase busing in the abs. And I got to say, public transit up here is not great. Um, I think, you know, nope. we have a couple of main routes. I live on one um, just just down from third uh, that runs pretty regularly, but frankly, not regularly enough. And the thing that mm-hmm. I loved was that the article was like or that the the authors informed us that only six percent of the people in the avenues um, take transit. It was like, OK, first of all, do you think it's because it's so bad? <laughs> like it's just it's right. infrequent. It's not that, you know, and, right. and not that uh, not that many routes. Right. So I'm really excited right. that we're going to you know, potentially have more more bus transit coming through through the abs. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think mm-hmm. I'm a little bit unpopular maybe with my neighbors because I do think that we need to be thinking about every corner of this city as an opportunity to increase housing density um, mm-hmm. and, I, you know, building up as well. Um, mm-hmm. And if we are worried about things like there's a big pushback on this proposed Ivory Homes development up at the top of F Street and my neighbors right. don't like that. And I'm like, well, OK, I don't like it either because I don't think it's affordable. I don't think mm-hmm. it's enough. Like, I wish that it were more. And guess what? If we allow the bus route, then your concerns about traffic might be um, might be eased. Right. Like people can jump on right. the bus and get to where they're going. Um, I don't know. This right. is it's it's tough. And and I will also say I was up hiking and I asked uh, there was a new trail to me and I was like, oh, a gentleman was coming up it. And I said, oh, what is this? Like, where does this drop out? And he's like, ah, this is one of those, you know, bullshit new trails that the city put in. And I was like, really, oh sir? God. You just hiked it like you were just on it. <laughs> Do you right. hate it so much that you hiked it just to tell it? to? <laughs> right. No, it's it. Yeah, no, it is this like elitism that is so, again, in conflict with its own values, because you're telling me you've got a clean air, clean energy sign out there in your yard, but you don't want people taking the bus in your neighborhood. So what? So clean energy policy to you looks like you get you drive a Tesla and everyone else has to figure out how to get a Tesla. Like, help me understand. You love your trail system, but you just don't want more people accessing it. You want your own private backyard mountain. Guess what? You can't have that. It was. And to be clear, it's not that it's being taken away from you. It's that it was never yours to begin with. And now we are finally getting to a place where we're increasing access and we should be celebrating. Yes. Okay. One item on the trails. I do think there was a valid concern about the slope on which they were cut in. And that is an argument I support and am willing to listen to. I think that is correct. Um, We do want trails put in in a way that is sustainable, that can be, you know, that is not scarring the, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the hillsides. 
Totally agree with that. But increasing our trails, I would like to see. You know, I'm glad that we're that we have these plans. And then also, I think I'm pretty tired of this like 11th hour situation too. When we have these public hearings, you can sign mm-hmm. up on Salt Lake City's website for numerous announcements about ways to engage in the planning process. You can follow, I mean, it's not always easy to follow the planning commission, but you can get informed right. by about what's happening and you can put in input when it matters. Right. When these trails are going in, when, you know, when we are this far down the line, it's hard, but we do have an opportunity to kind of craft what transit might look like through here. And I hope that people support it. Same. All right. Well, we can't leave our houses for a while now because we're going to get tomatoes thrown. <laughs> never, I'm never oh, running I, for office again. I'm just telling you right now, I want more transit here, and more folks. housing. <laughs> She's done. <laughs> I mean, I live in an apartment in the avenues that like I say this all the time and I will continue to say it. It could never be built today. Yeah. I live in a multi-story unit that houses a lot of wonderful people, specifically like There are quite a few elderly people in my building and we should be living close and we should be looking out for each other and we should be sharing communal space. And this building, if this was proposed today, it could never be built. And it was built in 1980. So anyway. Do you have any good news for us, Shireen? Okay. Before we okay. go? Okay. Yes, I do. So two two quick things. Number one, um, just today it was announced that, um, or I guess whenever you're listening to this, it's being announced to you by me, <laughs> that the Governor's Office for Economic Opportunity is offering a new program, $69 million for small businesses. So this is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, $4.1 million funding for small businesses, $3.8 million for businesses owned by socially and economically disadvantaged people. These are opportunities for people to go out and get some support. And you can go Mm -hmm. to business.utah.gov to find this program. And I think this is wonderful. You know, um, Mm -hmm. with with the way that work is changing, and I think a lot of people are just like incredibly creative and industrious. um, If you've been thinking about starting a business, you know, now is the time Mm -hmm. to jump on that website and see if maybe there's some support for you. Mm -hmm. I also feel like we had a conversation on the show this week with um, the director of urban affairs at the downtown Alliance regarding open streets. And basically, you know, one of Mayor Aaron Mendenhall's uh, goals for this year is to create a permanent pedestrian promenade downtown on Main Street. And we saw after the pandemic how many businesses along Main Street were closed. Like how many of our small businesses just did not make it through this pandemic. And I love this economic opportunity as an intersection with the desire, the increased desire to make our downtown more vibrant. Like I would like to see some of this money put to getting these businesses on Main Street or like near Main Street. Like let's get them downtown in Salt Lake and let's walk to visit them. Okay. What business would you start? Oh, let's see. Well, what are we missing? Gosh, I read, okay, KSL did this write-up of like all the new things that are coming to downtown and this is unrelated, but they had a description of like six different planned entities for downtown and one of them was a meat-centric restaurant. (laughs) I was like, that's hysterical. (laughs) Who leaked that? Um, I think I would open up a coffee shop next to Three Pines and I would only make pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, okay. That is, wow. (laughs) That is an attack. That truly is an attack. (laughs) If you don't know, I've been spending many years petitioning uh, Three Pines to make pumpkin spice lattes and they have their very good reasons for not doing it, but I am relentless. So I'm moving in next door (laughs) and I'm using the powdered mix. Okay. I think it's great. 
<laughs> what would you open? Um, I how about this? I think we should get a best friends um downtown. So you can <gasps> take a break. You can go get your pumpkin spice, or you just can can get an excellent cup of coffee at Three Pines. And then maybe That's you right. could like sit with some animals that need to be adopted. I feel like it would be charming and I think it could be relaxing and it would be fun to have like an animal adoption center down there. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. All right, Shireen, thank you so much for being here this week to talk about all things news and beyond. What are you up to this weekend? Um, well, Pride. And then also, I hope the farmer's market. How about you? Yeah, I love the farmer's market. Whenever I walk around it, I feel like I do live in like sort of a, a city city. Like I feel very posh. Um I am learning to play tennis. Oh, yeah. So I'm doing pride stuff. I'm excited for all the block parties. I love a block party. Um, some of the bars have booked some really top tier queens and talent. Um, and yeah, I'm also going to play some tennis and get it out on the court. Nice. If you're watching the parade, look for me. I'll be with, um, you know, some trans youth, some allies and then some queens. I think I'll be out with uh, Sister Molly Mormon and Luna Slipstream. I love it. The The route is two times longer this year, so I hope everyone brings a pair of flats to to change into. Sens sensible shoes only. Sensible shoes only. All right. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Bye. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Nick Steffens, and our producer is Diane Majapinto. Thank you to our guest producer, Carlyon Jones. Our newsletter editor is Madeline McGill, and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the fantastic local band, Mitochondria. Have a great weekend. Drink water, wear sunscreen. And we'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. It is, just want to check this real quick bit hot.